Shut up and sit down. something else wait ah uh, <laughs> there we go there we go finally we are not anymore powered by streamyard and now look, look at, at that. that we also have our own logo <laughs> i always say streamyard ain't worth it but hmm. i might take that down. it is it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hi. the 14th episode of your favorite show, The Voice It Show. And I'm Kanak, that's Funky Almadina, and Rebecca Patrici. And welcome, welcome, everybody. Oh, look at everybody in the chat. Hello, hello, everyone in the comment section. Hi. Adam, everybody, fantastic. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please do. And today we are so, so, so excited, just like yes. you guys, because we have a very, very, very special guest today. Just like Funky would say, it's special because we have a special guest today. Our special guest yes. is very special. <laughs> yeah. So... As you guys already know, today we have with us a humongous, a great personality named AC Slade. He has played with legendary bands like Murder Dolls, Joke, Venice the 13, Jones 8 and Blackhearts, and he has been the frontman of AC Slade and the Dark Party. And he has not only been uh, he has not only played guitars and bass, he has also worked as a writer, as a producer, with many legendary personalities. And he is not only that, he is also the CEO and owner of the Cat Fight Coffee. So everybody, without any further ado, let's welcome our special guest, Mr. AC Slade. Hello. There he is. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Macy. Hi. Welcome to the Voice It Show. How How's everybody? You? Amazing. Excited. Very excited. Awesome. Very hey, excited. I was wondering, yes. how do you guys work this out with all of you being so scattered all over the place? Like, obviously, the time zones are like fucking all over oh, the place. Yeah. Oh, well, man. It's complicated, yeah, it's but it's not, you know, it's easy for yeah. us. We used to do it. So, yeah. Our passion it. is one thing that drives us, you know, our passion. And uh, secondly, our love for music. And yes. we're always connected with each other through the chat. And uh, 
moreover you should you should really have a look at our uh, screen saver because we have pretty much all the clocks on it like bosnian brazilian <laughs> so yeah. you know sometimes i jokingly say you know they say respect time and then i look at my phone screen okay but which time <laughs> yeah. what time is it where everybody's at right now okay so uh, for me it's uh, 9:40 p.m. right now okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 6 p.m. in bosnia okay becca i am from brazil um it's a city of the middle Uh, no, what, it's what, called Goiânia. What time? Um, it's one ten p.m. Oh, okay. Afternoon. Ooh, Rebecca yeah. in the same time zone I am, almost. Oh. Wow. Yeah, and Ethi is joining us from New York, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome, New York. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, so there's something interesting. From um, four parts of the world. Uh, I'm trying to put up a comment. Love AC's name. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's saying hi. Started my morning with cat fight coffee. See, everybody loves cat fight coffee. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's wearing a cat fight yeah, T-shirt too. That's so awesome. So AC, tell yeah. us how how has this year been, and how how are how's the quarantine life treating you? Well, it's been a bizarre year. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like at this point, um, the only, the only thing that we can do is look at the good that that can come from something like this, which isn't to, uh, you know, um, not pay honor to the bad that's happened. Obviously, people have lost their lives. They've lost their jobs. They've lost everything. But at this point, it doesn't really look like things are going to get much better anytime soon. So, with that being the case, I think we have to look at the positives. And uh, otherwise, if you let the negatives get in there, they're just going to drag you down. You know. So for me, uh, the positives have been, you know, starting Cat Fight Coffee. Um, right. When I when I decided to start Cat Fight, I was a little unsure of like, was well, it insensitive? <clears throat> to start a company at a time when the world is is in a lot of turmoil, and I uh, I realized I wasn't going to be doing any touring, and I realized well, <clears throat> what people need in times like this, excuse me, <clears throat> is uh, some sort of um, you, you need to feel normal, and one of the things that makes us feel normal is coffee. It's the cornerstone of our routine. And, uh, you know, also with Cat Fight, we're very inclusive with everybody who, I don't even care if you're a customer. I want you to be part of our crew. We call it the Cat Fight crew. And it's like, you know, hey, if you, if you can't, let, let's say you live overseas and you can't afford the shipping for Cat Fight right now, that's all right. Come join our, our live stream. Come join our Instagram. Come join all those things. Yeah. And eventually when things turn around, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll change. So, Yeah, so the good thing has been uh, starting Cat Fight. I feel like, um, you know, what in Murder Dolls and in Dope, I was always a very personable uh, personality within the band. I was always really well connected with the fans. But when I started playing with Joan Jett, 
they were very big on mystique, which I, I totally mm -hmm. get, I totally understand. Like, it's a bad example and there's nothing wrong with it. But like, sometimes like when I see someone like Marilyn Manson tweeting or Instagramming, like, like I don't want to see like Marilyn Manson like this, you know, with his phone and a pizza. True. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and so I, I, I totally get that. And, and the Blackheart camp was very much that way. And while I played with her for five years, I really took a break from, not took a break, I, I, it was very frowned upon to, to be personable in that organization. And that was my job and I respect that. But I got away from that. Um, and it's something I always really enjoyed. And, and you know, you can't help but be influenced by someone like Joan and um, I respected her way of doing things and I was trying to do things her way because it worked for her. And through COVID, I've come to find out that doesn't work for me. I like people. I like hanging out with, with, with my fans. I don't even like using the word fan. Um, but I like it. I love it. And I, and I kind right. of feel like I'm finding myself again in a weird way. So that's, that's the good thing. The bad thing is I'm not reading enough books. So there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true and catfight coffee is you know uh so dynamic nowadays and it's not only the coffee even the you know the, the catchphrase or the uh tagline it's so awesome louder faster and fresher and if you guys follow instagram of catfight coffee there's tons of like interesting videos of the coffee making and yeah. uh, AC himself sometimes you know, uh, delivers the uh, packages to his fans or the clients. So as to say, it's, it's, I, I, I believe it's so special for the uh, plants as well. And nowadays there's something going on as a contest kind of thing where uh, where they have to buy a lottery ticket and then uh, um, they're going to get something, a t-shirt or something. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so when we started the company, I had a, a hearse, which if you guys aren't familiar yes. in your countries, it's a beautiful car, you know? So my idea was to, to do two things, to use it A as a company car and B, to use it to, to start a, a YouTube channel. Um, because mm -hmm. I realized very quickly, like just, I would be like, it was an older car and with older cars, you need to drive them like at least once a week. So I bought this thing, I'd be like, all right, well, it's time to drive it. I need to go get some groceries. Let me go drive the hearse to the grocery store. And it would fucking freak people out. People would be like, and it would be every reaction from like, Mothers like hiding their children, like no, stay away from my children. Whoa! To like <laughs> little old men would look over at me driving this black hearse, and they would go like, and I'd be like, yeah, all right. Cool. Right. <laughs> the, the reactions from people were just across the spectrum, and I realized True. that there, and you know, right now the the uh, most uh, the, the best commodity that you can have is people's attention. And I found that mm. when I drove that hearse, I had people's attention. So it's a commodity. Sure. And so the car, the en engine ended up blowing. And, I, and, and while Catfight Coffee is doing great, I was, it, it, it's, we, we kind of can't 
dole out the money for, for Hearst right now. Like we just kind of, as a company, we can't justify it. Uh, and so I was like, well, let's do this thing on the side. I've got one of my bases that I used to play with Joan. It's a custom shop, one of a kind base. I was like, what I could do is I could sell it. There we go. You got it, man. You guys are so on point. This is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I could sell it or what about somebody who kind of can't afford the base because things suck right now because things are tight right now and no, everybody's concerned about money. I was like, what if I do this? What if I offer everybody a t-shirt, you get a t-shirt, a bumper sticker and a signed card from me. Yeah. If you have one lottery ticket for $50, True. you get a lottery ticket to win this base. Now, if you buy five tickets, yeah. you get a chance to win a hat. You get a video shout out. You get more things. So you get more perks. And then if you buy 10, you get mm. even more stuff. And so it increases the amount of money that we're bringing in. And you don't have to be rich to, to possibly get this instrument. So, Wow. Definitely. That's so awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess Funky had some bad fight coffee questions, and then I'm I'm gonna move towards some guitar questions. Funky, go ahead. Yeah, I pretty much, I pretty much wanted to ask like, how did the idea? You know how maybe like in a band, for example, each mm -hmm. member comes up with you know designs for like finals or merch. Like you come up with coffee, and like, how did that idea come from to you know like find coffee come up with that well because you know music is my first passion obviously uh but they haven't figured out a way to do free digital downloads of coffee yet that's true that's true how did you come up with a name cat by coffee you know what my, my wife and i came up with it we uh we were, we were, we were driving to a uh, photography exhibition I was doing and we were on our way to the gallery. We're like, what are we going to call this thing? And, and she came up with a really smart idea. She was like, all right, well, let's just come up with a, a, one column. That's a bunch of words that we like. And then we'll just try to like piece the words together. And it was so logical. Like I was like, no, I got to like listen to some, uh, I don't know. I, I, I need to, to, to read Nan Rice book, or I need to, to listen to some, uh, some, uh, you know, songs from bad religion. And like, you know, she's like, no, just pick words that you like, and then we'll put them together. And, uh, cat was obviously one of them. And as soon as we were going down the list, it was like cat fight. We just said it and we're cat lovers and cats yeah. are part of our life. And it was like, yes, there we go. Wow. Cat fight coffee. Fantastic. And the logo the is, it's amazing. Just look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. It's, it's punchy, you know. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, so let me take you back to your childhood. Like, how did it begin? Like, uh, what would you listen to in your childhood, and how how the how did you shift to music? Oh, okay. Well. Uh... The one thing that, that, that I heard the most was my mom telling me to turn that music down. Um, oh. So, so that, that I heard the most. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What's that? Normal. Um, so, <laughs> right? Normal, normal. It's exactly. You know? <laughs> it happens sometimes. And so uh, it's and it's funny because even to this day, like if I'm out somewhere in public and I hear someone playing music loudly, and if it's music I don't like, and I have a reaction for a second where I'm like, turn that shit down. I'm like, don't do it because that automatically makes you an old person. So don't say it. I'll yeah. think I won't do it. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I started in the church choir. My, 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 my mom and dad were supportive of music as long as it was music that, that they liked, like, you know, like uh, adult contemporary music, church or shit like that. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. not what I wanted to do. And my older sister, uh, she was into stuff like uh, Judas Priest and Cheap Trick and the Rolling Stones. And, um, you know, as, as I got older, I, I, I wasn't an athletic kid. Um, and I still wanted to have a group of friends, you know, a social thing. And, uh, and music was one of the ways that, that you could, you know, music brings people together. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was more about being social and, and the passion was always there already. But as far as rock and roll goes, it was like, oh, here's a group of people. They're all outsiders. They're all people that feel like they don't fit in. That's what, that's what I want to be. Yeah. True. True. And also there's one thing that very less people know is that you're a huge Motown fan. Huge. And you listen to Motown a lot. And, and so what are the other bands that you listen to, but people don't know that you listen to or quite unexpected to be on uh, your playlist? The Temptations are probably one of my favorite groups ever. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, oh, man, I'll, I'll listen to The Temptations all day long. Eddie Kendrick just has such a, such a great voice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of have uh, Joan to thank for that because when, when I got the gig playing for Joan Jett, the, the bass players that they used, the session bass players, were really, really good, good bass players. And um, playing bass and some heavy metal stuff, a lot of times the bass just kind of follows what the guitar is doing. And, uh, and when I started playing for Joan, it's kind mm -hmm. of doing a thing, you know? And it's walking bass lines right. like that. So one thing you're really lucky about with electric bass is that, you know, they only invented the, the, the P bass, the, the, the Fender electric bass guitar, you know, what was right. it, uh, in, in the 50s or 60s. So it's a relatively new instrument. So the first thing I did is I went back to James Jamerson, who played on all that Motown stuff. He was one of the first mm -hmm. electric bass guitar play, players out there. And, you know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of similarities between Motown and punk rock. You know, it, it's about True. a message. It, 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 mm -hmm. It's not about a crazy guitar solo or a crazy drum solo. It's about a vocal melody, a key, a tempo, and a message. And so I think it's very much like punk rock. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. And since you're talking about guitars, uh, you were you used to play. You're a Gibson guy, and yeah. then you shifted to ESP. How did that transition happen? I was uh, I was in Japan playing a show, and I was playing uh, Gibson Firebirds. <clears throat> and um, mm -hmm. my rep at Gibson had been fired, and there was a lot of changeover within Gibson at that time. 
And I had a Gibson Firebird that I loved. I played that in the White Wedding video, and then I played it on tour with Amen. And mm-hmm. I was playing in Japan, but the guitar was just basically falling apart in my hands. And an ESP was there and said, hey, AC, what, what would it do to get you to switch over to ESP? And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you guys used to make a Firebird-shaped guitar, but you don't make it anymore. I was like, that's the only thing that you guys make that I would even consider playing. They said, all right, give me an hour. Came back in an hour. They had one. It was uh, an amazing guitar. And so I started, wow. I started, yeah, and, and so I started playing it. And, uh, and so I played ESP for a long time. But, um, you know, eventually, you know, kind of what happens a lot of times with these companies is that your rep leaves or – or, you know, so, something kind of happens. And I, I, I never play an instrument that I, that I don't like and love. You know what I mean? And yes. and so now I, I kind of feel like I'm in a fortunate place. You know, it's interesting with, with endorsements. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, you're, you're on tour and you're doing a job, right? And for that job, you need tools, right? And a lot of times you need like four of them. It's like no different than being a carpenter or, or being a, even a computer programmer. Like you've got to have a couple of computers, you've got to have a couple of hard drives, you've got to, because that's what you do for work, right? So a lot of times when you're starting out, you'll end up going with the companies that are going to kind of give you the most free stuff because let's face it, who doesn't like the idea of somebody sending you a bunch of free guitars and free basses and stuff like that? But True. I was told early on by the guitar player from Sugar Ray, he said, Always play the, the instruments that you like because you're always going to look down at that headstock. And, and he's right. Like, I remember I, I was playing Schechter uh, guitars at one point, and I was like, well, I want a Les Paul shaped uh, guitar. Right. And I would always be like, well, it looks like kind of like a Les Paul, but it's not a Les Paul. And I look at the headstock and it doesn't say Gibson. And yeah, it's that shape. Exactly. It's not the same, you know? And yeah, so true. I. You know, ESP, I can't lie. Like, I loved the, their guitars a lot. I really liked them. Uh, but it just ran its course. And fortunately, it ran its course at a time where Gibson has a whole new uh, uh, team behind them. Uh, and I'm not really? playing anything exclusively, but I'm playing a lot of Gibsons again. I'm playing a, mm-hmm. uh, called Marvin Guitars. They hand make my guitars for me. They're, they're amazing wow. guitars. Uh, I play some Midas and uh, and I play Hagstrom, and in fact, if you want, I'll even give you I'll give you a glimpse into it. How's that? Cool. Wow, that would so, be so awesome. So that let's see here. So that's uh that's my Zemitis bass. Wow. And my oh, there there's my Marvin guitar. Oh which, wow! Uh, yeah, Gibson. Latin. And yeah, then yeah. my Les Paul and my Hagstrom, and um. Yeah, so that's how uh, wow. play these days. That's so cool. Those are rad. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> just so I, don't, I don't talk about it enough, but um, with Marvin Guitars right now, I'm doing a signature model. And if you, what's, wow. really, what's really cool about it is that it comes in four colors, right? You pick the color. We don't put any yeah. pickups on the guitar until you place your order. So it's whatever pickups oh. it's whatever pickups you want. You can pick the fret mm-hmm. wire, 
can you can you can kind of change it to make it your own custom guitar. So they're all built by hand, and not no guitars are built until you place your order. And then this way, like I know even with myself, a lot of times I'll get a guitar. I'm like, oh, this is awesome, but I got to change the pickups out. I got to change the tuning pegs. We get in front of that sure. problem because I, sure. I always the fact that it was like. Okay, well, now that I got it, I got to spend some more money after I already got it. And it's like, no, we sure. don't, you don't have to worry about that with us. Like, tell us what you want. We're going to put it on it. It doesn't really affect sure. the price uh, very much. And it's a handmade sure. guitar. Exactly. Okay, now that while we're at the guitars, I'm going to uh, you know, slide you into talking about guitars and rig a little bit. So, uh, since we are talking about pickups, so what kind of pickups or what company pickups do you prefer, Seymour Duncan or what's what's your pickup choice? I, I've been with Seymour Duncan forever, forever and ever. Oh, um, wow! I, I I love everything that they do. I feel like you know it, it can be a little bit of a of a. Uh, a balance you don't if you're the company that's too big a lot of times you can kind of you don't really matter to them in a way because it's like mm -hmm. it, unless your last name is Grohl or wild it's like you're kind of True. down there um <laughs> see always feel like family anything i've ever needed in fact that pagstrom guitar um i wanted yeah. a gretsch style pickup in it and they're like i was they're like well we don't really make one and i'm like yeah, but I've seen you make them. And they're like, yeah, but it's not in the line. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, and we went back and forth and eventually like, all right, we're just going to build you a Gretsch pickup and Seymour himself actually made it for me. So that's pretty cool, you know? Wow. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. And so, um, what string, just so I'm fucking, so, and what strings do you use? Ernie Ball. What gauge and, Ernie Ball and what gauge? Um, you know, I've been I've been switching back and forth. I I was using the uh, I believe it's the Super Slinkies, which is the nine to forty six. Nine to forty two. Nine to forty two. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. and what and what I have always done, I've always uh, switched my low E string to a fifty. Um, mm -hmm. my logic is like if I'm playing really hard, that's the first string I'm kind of hitting. So I want True. that one a little bit thicker and then that way yeah. too if I'm doing some drop tuning it, it's in the ballpark sure. i switched to to uh pens for a little bit just because i was reading a little bit about how how some people say it's better for tone but you know um yeah uh what thing was it i was reading about the other day uh I, but i mean social distortion they tune up the f yeah 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 and they've got great tone, and so they're using eights and nines. And um, you know, obviously, True. corn are tuned to whatever the hell corn is tuned to. And they've got great tone. So I, I, I played around. I experimented with that because I basically used the same gauge for a very long right. time. Like, yeah, let me try something new. I didn't like it. I'm, I'm going back to, 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 to the nines with the 50 on the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's true. So and pick pick wise, what what gauge do you use and what company picks do you use? Uh, they're they're heads and I use Grover Almond and that's another company that. Oh yeah, man, I've been with them a really Me? long time. 
Wow. I guess Nita Strauss uses Grover and Naomi. That's awesome. Yeah. And what what is your uh, tunings on uh, different songs and different guitars, or is there any uh, specific or favorite you, where you always are in, like standard tuning or whatever tuning? I mean, pretty much my my go to is a half step down from standard. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, awesome. Yeah, exactly. But but with dope, what's really interesting is um, when I play with dope, I mm -hmm. finally fi figured out uh, 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 I have kind of a weird system. So back in the day, we used to have four different tunings. Okay, so this is like when we were talking oh. about endorsements and stuff like that. We had four different tunings back in the day. That meant I had to take eight bases on tour with me because I needed to have a, a backup for Whoa. every one. Yeah, it was right. a pain in the fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first thing was like, yeah, yeah look, look, at, look at all this, all these things I have. And as I get older, I'm like, man, it's just stuff. You don't need, I don't need more stuff than I need. So when I tour with Dope now, we still have four tunings, but I use yeah. a, a hip drop tuner. So I can mm -hmm. go, from uh, D sharp or E flat uh, down to C sharp, right? And then oh, I use okay. a, a Digitech, Digitech drop tuner pedal to go mm -hmm. uh, to uh, B. Right. So we've okay. got, uh, it's been so long since I played it. Hold on, wait, hold on just a second. Okay, cool. That list here. All right. So, Whoa. yeah. So it's D sharp, Exclusive. Yes. D sharp, C sharp, B. Uh -huh. Yeah. Then I could cover all those. And I can even go to F. Yeah. So my tuning on my bass is D, uh, D sharp, G sharp, C sharp, F sharp. And then with the, uh, and then I can drop it down with the hip shot and then with the, uh, also, with the, the the drop tuner pedal, I only have to have one bass the whole show. So that's fab. So awesome. It's cool. And now my last question with the guitars, because I know girls have some questions. <laughs> so, uh, so my question is, uh, uh, you know, for four categories of people or three categories of people. Basically, I want to ask you for advice. What advice you would like to give to first the beginners who are just starting to learn the guitar or are going to pick up the instrument and are going to learn the guitar. So what is your advice for the beginners? Uh, just do it. Um, mm -hmm. Just dive in. Um, I mean, I feel like my my path is a little bit different in that, um, you know, I think someone like, like Nita, for example, you know, she very clearly early on wanted to be an amazing lead guitar player. Um, but for me, I wanted to be more a songwriter and, uh, and also play some leads, but I never, I never had, I, I never wanted to be, uh, 
you know, Steve I or somebody like that. I wanted to be like Joe Strummer. I wanted to write songs. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's as simple as just dive in, try as many different things as, as you think are going to work for you. You know, if, if you feel like you're going down a path that may not work for you, then, mm -hmm. you know, skip it and go to something that does, you know, there's always that pressure to be like the best guitar player. Like you, you get that with guitar players a lot. Yeah, yeah. You kind of discourage. Sure. Like, honestly, there, there's a million guitar players out there that, that, that can play better than I can. But my, my passion for the instrument, my passion for music and rock and roll has gotten me pretty far. So um, I would say just, just keep, keep plugging away at it. I know that sounds vague, but it's like there's a million different no, ways to, to go about it. It's fine. Yeah. Awesome. Now, second category is the intermediate players who can play, but, you know, feel a bit, you know, I need to do more. So intermediate level players, what's your advice for them? Well, um, intermediate, like, okay, so now you're starting to get a little more serious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult giving uh, advice at this time because things have changed from when I was younger, obviously. But I would say at this point, you should figure out whether you want to be a hired gun or whether you want to do your own thing and, and be kind of the, the leader of the band. And uh, there's nothing wrong with either of them. You know, uh, again, using like Nita as an example, you know, she very clearly is, is a great hired gun, which isn't to say she's not a great songwriter. I don't mean it that way. But, you know, if, if you need, if you're in the studio and you need someone to lay down a ripping guitar solo and nail it really quickly, you can call Nita, you can call mm -hmm. John, you can call one of those people. You know what I mean? And then let's look at the other sure. side. Uh, let's say sure. you're in the studio and you're working on a song and you're like, yeah, I need help with the arrangement or I need help with the melody or I need help with it. You might call Nikki Six, you know, yeah. and 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 yeah. they and they both have their place, you know. So hmm. I'd say it is yeah. that figure out which one you want to be, you know. Which it could be so easy, like oh, I'm gonna call like Nick Six right now, like just just to hang, you know. Like, that would be cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the third and the third category is sometimes I feel, you know, uh, the category which, which sometimes you know, it's like they start uh, they pick up the guitar tonight, and start doing things, and they expect tomorrow they're gonna become Jimi Hendrix, the instant result category who wants to you know see the instant results. Which we know it's not gonna happen because even I play a bit of a guitar, obviously not saying great guitar player, but you, I know you need to put in the work. But yeah. what advice you wanna give them, the instant category people want the results instantly? Well, you know I'm I'm 48 years old, and I played uh, Madison Square Garden last year. So that means it took me 47 years to get to Madison Square Garden. Know what I mean? So uh, yes. you got yes. to be patient, man. You got, it takes time. And, you know, that, that's a bit more of a career thing. And you're talking more about playing. Um, I think one of the things that's great about uh, 
punk rock and metal and and uh, but but more so punk rock is that it doesn't take uh, a whole lot to figure out how to play Ramon's song or or uh, you know even Van Halen's "You Really Got Me" that was one of the first songs I learned and as soon as I figured out that I could mm -hmm. play a song that really was a confidence builder for me so um, I I always suggest to people if you have a teacher that sits down with a, a music book and is like, okay, let's dig right into scales and theory and all that stuff. Ditch, forget about it. I mean, unless you're the type of person that can learn that way. But for me, I would get discouraged really fast. And in fact, there's a, a guy who hit me up uh, from uh, Tehran. Mm -hmm. I forget if he's oh. from Iraq or Tehran. And he hit me up and he's okay. like, hey, I, I, I want to buy a guitar. Should I buy uh, an acoustic or an electric? And I'm like, don't buy an acoustic. What, what, what bands do you like? He's like, well, I like the Murder Dolls. And I'm like, oh, how many, how many Murder Doll songs are on uh, are on an acoustic guitar? None. So you get that acoustic guitar, and you're going to try and play, you know, 197666, and it's not going to sound the same. And you're like, well, it's kind of cool, but it's not the same. Get an electric same, guitar, yeah. get a amp, and make it loud. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, so there we have it. It's so profound for me and as well as all the viewers. So thank you. And just before I go start asking questions, I'm a huge, huge, huge Steve Vai fan since you mentioned Steve Vai. So yeah, all go right. ahead, Funky and Becca. Um, so you mentioned that um, someone asked, like, should I buy... Uh, an acoustic guitar or an electric well i asked the same thing uh, I, I i asked ken the same thing and he said to buy an acoustic guitar and i bought it and i kind of like couldn't play the songs that i usually listen to like i listened to kiss i listened to alice cooper and i kind of like gave up on guitar like i'm either gonna sell it or i'm gonna buy something else like bass or something um, yeah, so I think, uh, like, you answered my question uh, a couple of minutes ago. Like, I heard somewhere that you, like, mentioned that you first wanted to become a singer, a songwriter, rather than a guitarist. And how did that transition happen? You know, like, uh, how did you feel about it? Like, you first wanted to, you know, become a singer, a songwriter, and then, bam, you become a guitarist, you play the bass. How? Um. You know, part of it was was uh, luck. Part of it was ambition. Part of it was necessity. You know, I, I grew up in a small town where where th there weren't a lot of musicians. So when I started writing my own songs and we couldn't find a bass player, I'd pick up the bass. We couldn't find a guitar player and play guitar. So it it was that way uh, a little bit. But then, um, you know, after trying to do my own thing for a long time and, and do it. Uh, got a record deal and they asked me to join. Uh, they needed a bass player. So it was like, all right, cool. Let me, let me, I can do that. And then when we started working on the second record, um, I started coming up with a lot of the guitar parts. And so I guess it still always comes down to that songwriting and wanting to play along to records and play along to albums and stuff like that. So it still kind of comes down to that. I never had that aspiration of like, I'm going to be the world's best uh, singer, or I'm going to be the world's best guitar player. Or I'm going to be the world's best uh, bass player. 
it was all about, I want to be in the coolest band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, I also kind of want to form a band. Mm -hmm. um, but, so let me just, you know, go back, go to the point. So uh, all three of us here, the hosts, we're musicians, a sort of. Like Ken plays the guitar, as you already know. Uh, Becca and I actually sing, and I gave up on guitar. And uh, I wanted to ask, um, like, do you have any advice on, you know, beginners like when when it comes to singing a singing career like how how do uh any tips on singing or to promote yourself you know get out there or something like that yeah i mean promoting yourself boy you know it's, it's so funny how fast things change if you had asked me this question two years ago i would have said um you know like right now you can make a really good recording for not a lot of money. Um, and so a couple of years ago, I said, okay, like it's affordable to make an awesome video now. It's affordable to make an awesome recording now. It's, it's affordable to do an, uh, a really good photo shoot. So all the tools that you need to make your product, because your band is a product, like make no mistake about it. It is absolutely a product. To make your product look legitimate, you could do that very easily. Right. And I still do believe in that. I still feel like it's like nobody wants to hear like, hey, well, this is my shitty demo. And it's like it's kind of good enough, like, but it gives you the idea. Nobody wants to hear that because they're like, OK, spend an extra thousand dollars or whatever. Make it sound right. You know, and it's funny because on the flip side to it. That kind of makes it hard for someone like like me. Right. Like like I'm somebody who who does this professionally. Right. But. Yeah. You could be like, like, let's say, let's just say you're an English teacher and you like playing guitar and you have some extra money, right? You could make a really good recording with a really good video and a really good photo shoot that kind of almost competes with what I do, even though he's not as serious. You know what I mean? So now the, the, the pool is very full. So, you, so I think that when it comes to the product of your, of your group, of your band, or, or even if it's just you, the core product, I still believe, has to sound amazing. You have to have a video that looks really good, and you have to have a photo shoot that looks really good. Now, under that, everything is about content now. Everything is about how much you can put out there, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or uh, Facebook or whatever. You need to constantly, daily, put new uh, content out there. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean it needs to be, like, like for me personally, I guess – you know, we're all rock and roll people here. Like I wouldn't, that doesn't mean that you should necessarily put up a demo that you just recorded in garage band. I don't think, but you know, you can sit there with, with, with your guitar and be like, yeah, I'm kind of working on the score progression. I don't know if it's very good, but I guess it's, it's weird. It's like people want to see your process. They want to see, they want a window inside your creative process and you should do that daily. But as far as your final product though, that end game, I think it should be perfect. Or as perfect as you can make, you know. Wow! Yeah. True. Thank you. Thank you for answering. Yeah. Um, so we have an addition to the show. It's called Funky Q and A. And before we go, <laughs> to that, I want to ask Becca if she has any questions. Yes. Yes, yeah. I actually do. Um, but before 
before I do the questions, I just wanted to share something with you because, you know, we both have something in common. Yeah. No hair here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've seen that you've played with Joan Jett and I'm really a huge fan. She's amazing. And um, first of all, how, how did you met her? Like, how did you start playing with her? Um, how was it for you? How did you feel about it? Like, like you know. Um, that, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm usually a, a big believer that you create your luck, that you create your fortune, right? So yeah. first opportunity I ever got with, was with Dope. And the reason why I got it was because I worked really hard to kind of be in the same circle as those guys, right? And with the Murder Dolls, it was a similar thing. I got that from the hard work that I did in Dope, right? And then... Um, And, and even with the misfits, it was a similar thing. Like I worked hard to put myself in that position, but to be honest with you, with Joan, that came completely out of the blue. That was definitely one of those things where I, I actually uh, had quit me. I had put, put together in my mind that maybe I'm going to quit playing music or maybe I should stop. And I got a phone call from a friend of mine whose husband played in the band. And she said, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, Uh, I'm at work right now. She's like, all right, we'll go home tonight, learn three Joan Jett songs, or maybe it was five. Learn five Joan Jett songs. Your audition's on Wednesday. If you nail it next week, you're leaving for Australia to go on tour, and you, you'll have the gig. I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, usually there's, they audition multiple people. They audition a lot of people. And in that situation, I wasn't looking for a gig. I thought everything was, was kind of, hey, man, I'd been able to go, all around the world and play music for a living to hundreds of thousands of people. And at that time work had dried up and I was like, well, maybe it's, it's time. Maybe it's time for me to, to, to get a real job and do that sort of thing. And I didn't have any inroads to the Joan Jett camp. I never in a million years thought that I would have that gig. And it just, it fell into my lap. I got, I got really lucky. You know, I got very, yeah. very. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen yeah. every day, you know, But it was, it was a great experience. Um, it made me a better bass player, made me a better musician, made me a better singer. I did a lot of backup vocals for Joan. Um, you know, it, it helped build my resume. In the end, you know, groups tend to carry different personalities with them, and they're all very different, you know. Um, in the end, I... I, I, I I don't know that it's it's a it's a it's a band I would ever want to play in again. I mean, I probably would, but it's just a, it's a difficult uh, situation, you know. It is all about Joan. It's not a band. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. Joan as a as a solo artist, respectfully. And so, if I ever got it all to go play for Pink or I don't know somebody like that, um, I, I would kind of know my place now. But learning where my place was was a little difficult. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, oh, cool. I think for sure. And, cool. and yeah. did it change yeah. you um, going to the band, you know, making part of the band and, you know, um, having this friendship with her, um, playing with her? Did, you, did it change you on stage and off stage? 
and also how did it um, influence you? Is she like like the way that we see off stage, the way she is on on stage, or she's different, or she's you know shy I mean, or or yeah, she. I mean, she's she's the real deal. You know, she she's kind of tough and opinionated. And how, whatever you think about Joan Jett, it's probably probably true. You know what I mean? She's she doesn't fake it. That's for sure. Um, you know, on stage, uh, they wanted somebody to kind of stand in the back and, and just sort of stand there. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is like I, I, that's not me. Um, and also, as far as like like being more social and and reaching out and hanging out with people, I love that. I love doing that. Uh, I love hanging out and so um yeah you know like like I, I do feel like in a way I, I learned a lot from that gig and I'm very grateful from that gig I also lost some parts of myself too um which I'm I'm very glad are, are back now yeah awesome cool yeah. so um, now I think we should move on to uh, uh some Q&A from our audience uh, we have some questions from Instagram. Uh, uh, I hope that's okay, AC. Uh, is it fine? Mm -hmm. If we ask yep. some questions from the audience. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Chrissy Sticks asks, any plans for more solo music? Yeah, uh, I'm actually working on that right now. Um, it's probably going to be a two-song, seven-inch maybe. I don't know, but I'm I'm working on it now. Yeah. Well, that's mm -hmm. cool. Awesome. Next question is, uh, Galatics asks, what was your favorite Murder Doll song to play live? 1976 absolutely. Fab, fab. Second is, uh, David Amaya dot Amaya sixty nine. He asks, "Would you like to go for another murder doll to run?" Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the twentieth anniversary of the album is uh, in two years, which isn't that far away, especially considering we lost this whole year of touring. So, yeah. right. who knows right. what will happen? And when I say who knows what will happen, I really mean who knows. I, I haven't spoken to anybody about it or anything, but I, I would mm -hmm. find it hard to believe if something wouldn't happen for the 20th anniversary. True. And one last question, that is, uh, Grayson Krapowicki asks, what is your favorite song of Felons and Revolutionaries as the debut album of Dope? Yeah. Either, either Sick because I, I get to play a lot of bass in it, and it kind of highlights the bass, you know, just starts off with that, that Kiss uh, uh, war, war Machine type intro. Um, and uh -huh. uh, so I kind of get the spotlight there for a minute. So that, and, uh, you know, it, it might be a goofy cover, but I, I still love uh, our cover of uh, Spin Me, Spin Me Right Round. Right. Right. Awesome. So there you go, guys. And uh, we are also gonna like, we have sent the link in the audience. Maybe some of them will come and say hi to you. So if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
in uh, funky we do have a segment called as funky q and a but we also have a lot of questions with us and of course the funky q and a but there has been a call for part 2 so i think we are going to keep funky q and a and uh, our questions for the part 2 so probably you're going to have to come for the part 2 is that okay yeah absolutely that would be a lot of fun amazing thank you and we have with this gorak hello hello hey. adam there you go hey i see how you doing i'm fantastic how are you nice to finally meet you right i know we've been messaging a lot lately haven't we we have yeah because i've been i'm a i'm a big supporter of your coffee as you know yes and i've been spending all my money on that <laughs> <laughs> well thank you thank It's you so much yeah And um I should actually say thank you for introducing me to uh Dev Comes Lifting too. Ah, cool. Cuz I remember cuz you uh exactly. you commented on one of my videos. And um yeah, Zach and I are really close now, so That's great. You know, it it's it's funny how um again, you know, I I I like to I don't know, like like one one of the things that like I said that that I'm really in I don't want to say enjoying, but yeah, I'll say enjoying about this quarantine is just, I feel like I, I, I have so many more friends now and so many more people I know. And, um, you know, some days you wake up and, and this quarantine, this whole work, like everything that's going on in the world right now, it's very yeah. easy to wake up and be in a shit fucking mood. It's really mm. easy. And I feel so lucky to have everybody that's interested in anything that I do. Like I'm leaning heavily on all my fans right now because every time like I reach out or you and I text or whatever and I don't have time to do it all the time or give long answers all the time. Every time I do that I feel better afterwards. I'm going to feel 100% better after this interview and I feel really great when I when I try to if I see somebody doing something like working out and they're they're working hard like hey keep going, you know. That takes me 2 seconds. And I know it makes that that other pe- person feel good. So I don't know where I'm going with all that, but you know, I, I'm glad that, that that I've gotten to know you and, and the Death Comes Lifting crew, and you know, oh, they're great. They're great. I've actually spoken to Zach a couple of months ago when we were in lockdown in Australia, and uh, we've been organizing it for a while, but it was hard because of the time difference. Sure. And then um, we ended up chatting for like an hour and twenty minutes, and we um, we talked a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I and I, and I said to him like, dude, you got to get AC on your podcast, bro. <laughs> I believe he hasn't asked me yet. I'm just waiting for him. Oh my god! Exactly. Oh, and I'm gonna say yes. I'm just kind of playing yeah. this cat, cat and mouse game with him. I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, when's Zach gonna ask? Because I know he's gonna ask, and I know I'm gonna say yeah. yes. But I'm just like, yeah. like wait, you know? Yeah. Well, he's, and Zach he's is really probably really watching this that, right dude. now. hope so yeah yeah zack is watching this problem you, you know you know like, like like i'm just trying to pretend like i'm like the cute chick at the bar that like knows that, like some dude's going to come up and talk to him and she's just like playing it cool you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he, he's he's really cool and i i i said to him like bro you better get him on man <laughs> him and wednesday 13 <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. And while Adam, you are here, uh, Adam uh, is one of our patrons or the Patreon, and we'd really like to thank all of the patrons, uh, Adam Yu and uh, Amy Parody, Joanne Levitan, Gloria Salinas, Chris Vickery, who is watching us right now, and uh, uh, Shelly O'Neill, Eddie Jett. You guys are fantastic. Big, big shout out to you. Thank you so yeah, much for supporting The Voice It Show. And uh, you guys have been an amazing support. And thank you for going that extra mile for us. And thank you all. Supporting us all the way. Thank you so much. And the, there you go. Adam, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, Adam. Yeah, you have anything else yeah. to say? Um, yeah. you're, you're running a Patreon page too, I, I see. Soon. Yeah, he is going to make soon, I guess. Yeah, yeah do you guys, you yeah. guys want, do you want a glimpse into to what I'm planning to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, Please. So, or, yeah, sure. Go ahead. One thing I plan on doing once... Um, once I get this thing up and running, so check this out. What I have been doing is compiling this list right here, and I know I'm doing this on a laptop, but so check this out, right? I don't know if you can see that, but this list right here is a list of everything that, things that I've done in chronological order by month, right? Wow. So, so let's see, right now this is September. Okay, so like let's just say if we do, when, when we do the Patreon, what I'll do is if you get the higher access level stuff, we'll sit mm -hmm. and we'll talk. And this week, uh, which let's just say it's the ninth through the, actually, I don't even have it September in order yet. But so September, okay. yeah. September 9th, uh, I played the UK for the first time at, uh, with the murder dolls in 2002. Uh, and then also on September 4th uh, was the first Misfits Riot Fest show. The 7th, we played in Denver. And then uh, on the 13th, I played London for the first time. And what I plan on doing is going through all those things that, that I did that week in AC Slade history, we call it like the AC archives. And, wow. and, we'll, just, and we'll just talk about those things and, um, you know, talk about what it was like, like, what you know, my memories of playing Glasgow for the first time or, you know, first time going to Australia. So whatever happened in my archives that week, we'll talk about right. just those specific things. And obviously uh, I'm working on my Murder Dolls book right now. And so there will be a lot of stories uh, regarding that, you know. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be cool. I, I resisted it for a long time because, again, I, I was really influenced by that that Joan Jett school of thought of having mystique and never letting people see too much behind the scenes. And I think if you're mm -hmm. Joan Jett, I think if you are a legacy artist, that works. But I'm not Joan Jett, and I'm not a legacy artist. And these things can be really fun, and they can be really cool, and people who are a part of it can get a lot out of it. Because, like, trust me, all the, all the stories that I've got regarding – I mean, that was one, that, that's one week in my life. I mean, you know, it didn't happen yeah. in that week, but you know what I'm saying? God, that's a million things to talk about, you know? Yeah. 
and ac ac does ac ac does say that but uh just to let you know guys he is a rock and roll hall of fame inductee so so that's nothing to add he's okay. being polite but yes exactly it's september 10th time on the voice it show we'll have to put that in the archives in the AC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true and yeah Wow. I can actually tick off my box of, you know, chatting to you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's, um, again, one of the things that's been really awesome, the, the whole quarantine thing, is I feel like it used to be when, when you did uh, press or interviews, which I would consider this to be part of, you know, they were always really fucking boring. Right. And, you know, I feel like people are, are really up with cool angles for sure. podcasts like like zach with death that comes lifting that's that'll yeah. be a really fun podcast to do because probably we'll talk about fitness more you know yeah. and i did one the other day that was called only yes. in new york where you talk about like your experiences in new york and this one having you know three mm -hmm. different hosts that come from such different backgrounds but we all love music like this is a really cool uh podcast ryan's yeah. podcast you know, two, two, two peers kind of talking about things on the level, you know. It's really been, been yeah. exciting to see, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we were exactly. uh, inspired by Ryan's podcast and fantastic. So, yes, that's one of the... But since you're in New York, we haven't yet heard, heard once the siren. Woo! <laughs> Otherwise... <laughs> Otherwise, New York and the sirens, it's... Anyways. So, hey, Adam, thank you for joining us, man. It was a pleasure to have you as well. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the hook right now. <laughs> and uh, see you, man. <laughs> All righty. Adam is gone. And uh, so, guys... Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us and tuning in. Uh, AC, first of all, thank you uh, for coming on our show. And we are definitely going to meet you on part two because we do have a lot of questions and funky Q&A is yet pending. So we'd love yeah. to. And by the time, maybe you even have your Patreon on. What was that? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Here's my sister. Okay, cool. So by the time you that. even have your Patreon on, I guess. So it would be fun to see you on our show once again. And Funky, yes, go ahead. Yeah, uh, AC, thank you so much for joining us today. It was, it was really fun and we enjoyed it. And the second you became our guest, the show became your show, which means that you're welcome anytime, like anytime you feel like being on a show, you're here and we'll talk about a lot of things. And yeah, thank yeah. you all for watching and supporting us. We really appreciate everything you guys do. And as always, see you next time. Ciao for now. All right. Ciao for, Ciao now. for now. And thank you, AC. And Keep rocking. <laughs> See you guys <laughs> next time.